Hi, and welcome to episode 48 of TLC Tech Learn Coffee. I am your host along with Nancy Minicozzi. My name is Lisa Nowakowski, and I'm a fifth grade teacher here in South Monterey County, California. And I'm Nancy, an instructional tech coach in Northwest LA County. And just a reminder about our format, it is a 15-minute format because ain't nobody got more time than that. That's, that's right. And today's coffee fact, did you know that coffee trees can grow up to 30 feet tall, but usually they keep them down to about 10 feet so that they can easily pick the coffee? And uh, I did not know that, so that was my news for today, too. Tonight's guest is Jacqueline Whiting, who will be talking to us about digital media literacy and social media in schools. So welcome, Jacqueline, and Thank tell you. us a little bit about yourself, who you are, and what you do. Sure. So I have been a public high school teacher. This is my 25th year. Um, I started my first 23 years as a social studies teacher and then transitioned into library media in order to have a bit of a focus more on technology integration, on curriculum development, professional development, and have more co-teaching opportunities. Um, and then just recently have um, attended the Google Innovator Academy as part of the Sweden cohort, um, hashtag SWE17. Um, and then in my personal life, I'm a mom, I'm a significant other, and I'm a lover and rescuer of dogs. Oh, excellent. Go dogs. Yeah. So that's great. And tonight you're talking to us about digital media literacy. So first question, what do you mean by that? What <laughs> is digital media literacy? So, so that's a great question. And this is maybe a little bit of a generational reference, but um, for those of us who grew up standing behind a parent in the grocery store line, pointing at all those magazines and having your mother tap your hand and say, oh, honey, that's just trash. We're not buying that magazine with, you know, Elvis's love child or the alien babies from outer space. You know, the magazines that I'm talking about, right? So to me, digital literacy is the same skill that was required to know from the newsstand which of these stories are legitimate and believable which ones should i repeat to another person which product should i buy and pass on to someone digital literacy is just applying those skills to the media in a different form it's really just a kind of understanding um what is credible material and applying the the critical thinking skills that you we applied in the, our old school media i love that i've never heard that analogy before and i have to say it's really I think it makes it really easy for a lot of teachers to understand what you mean because they've all i think experienced that yes and i keep a little cache of those magazines with me and i can pull them out and let people thumb through them and then say so what did you what were you just reading that you just want that to stay in this room and think about that on your social media feed what do you not want people to know was coming through your feed just now <laughs> i love that so at what age do you think we should start teaching um, digital literacy, digital media literacy in schools? Yeah, I think that's a really important thing to talk about because I don't, I don't think there is a too young. There's a, there's the certainly legal age by which, at which a student can join their own social media um, accounts, set up their own accounts, their own handles, join Facebook, things like that. But 
they need to have practice with those skills before they get to the point where they're starting to do it independently. And I think it's wonderful when elementary classroom teachers set up their own social media accounts and incorporate the students in selecting what would we like to share with the public? What will show the positive things that we're doing? Um, what will safely help us interact with other people in the world? Um, and when students can have those conversations when they're younger and understand what do I take pictures of? What shouldn't I take pictures of? What pictures do I share? And how do I know who's seeing them? It's, it's a wonderful opportunity for them to really develop those habits of mind that we want them to be able to organically, automatically apply to their social media habits when they are 13 and they're on Facebook and they're a little less supervised in what they're doing. Well, and I think it's good too to teach them not only about what we shouldn't do, but as you said, what should we post? What will give us a positive uh, impression? What? How can we show what we're learning? I think it's very important to talk to kids about the positive digital feedback or digital footprint, rather, that we would like them to be creating. Absolutely. And when working with, as I said, my high school students, um, I don't even call it a footprint. I call it a tattoo. And we start by having conversations of how many of you are, you know, almost 18. And when you turn 18, do you want to get a tattoo? And if you could get a tattoo, what would it be? What do you want to carry with you on your body permanently for the rest of your life? And do you want to put it somewhere where everybody can see it? Or do you want to put it put it somewhere where it's hidden most of the time by your clothing and other people can't see it? And having that actual conversation about something that's more tangible to helps them to really understand this notion of a digital tattoo. And why is it so important to be talking about this? Oh, I, you know, I think that there are so many conversations that are happening now um, with people who are concerned about a lot of the harm of social media, about students and their digital distraction or maybe heightened anxiety levels. And, and I think that when we start to look at some of those scenarios that cause us a little fear, we start to overlook the potent power of social media for good, for change, for students develop, to develop agency, to learn how to self-advocate, to even learn how to advocate for other people. And then when we can see the power of it for good, we can then say, okay, now we need to look at how do we teach students how to self-regulate? How do we kind of eliminate that FOMO, right? That, that whole, um, am I being left out of something fear and have them develop an intrinsic way of valuing themselves and develop the self-confidence that they're not reliant on the media. The media becomes a tool that they use with discretion. I think I think that's really a great way of putting it. So what are you seeing in terms of how schools are handling social media? Do you, are they allowing teachers to use it? Are they encouraging teachers or students to use it's it? I, you know, it's interesting. It it really runs the it runs the gamut and and there may be a factor of administration that is involved. I think um, newer people rising newer rising 
right now into um, administrative positions are perhaps a little bit more open to it. And then they're beginning to work with their teachers about how do we do this in a way that that respects people's desires for privacy and at the same time allows students and teachers to coexist in these circles so that teachers can model positive habits for students. Students can make mistakes where they are still going to get nurturing and coaching and guidance and redirection. Um, and there are still schools that that want no part of it, that keep the keep the school really closed down. But I think that 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 does their students a disservice, and it does their teachers a disservice when they're trying to be progressive with their pedagogy. Yeah, it's getting a lot harder, and I, I do think that it really is doing students a disservice if we just close our doors and teach because. There's so much out there and there are so many opportunities for kids to learn by right. participating in social media that by if we're denying them that and the opportunity to learn how to do it in a strategic and productive way, right. um, that's, that's not fair for kids. So, so on the coffee theme, the um, the young woman who owns the roasters where I buy my coffee beans, um, she's 29. And I was talking about having a group of students read the new Dave Eggers book, The Monk of Mocha, and then bringing them to visit her as a retailer of coffee beans and talk about fair trade issues and things like that. And she said, oh, yeah, bring, you know, bring those coffee nerds over to me. And I said, oh, I'm going to bring you such a wide range of students. I have a, a group of students who really have a social conscience, as their social justice um, conscious is really, really high. And she said, how is that possible in high schoolers? I mean, I'm 29. And when I was in high school, I didn't have any social conscience. And I said, but when she was in high school, when I was in high school or middle school or elementary school, my parents could come in and turn off the television and say, that's not appropriate for you to be seeing right now. And that's not what's happening to students today in their social media. They are very, very aware of what's happening in the world. And they're using that awareness to say, how do I take part in this? How can I fix this, solve this? And we're, we're raising a generation of problem solvers because they have access to understanding what the world's problems are, or what their community's problems are. Well, and that's a really good point. And the other thing is I was thinking, you know, like how did people find out about 9-11? Um, people called each other, people talked to each other. But how did people find out about, you know, the things that are happening now, last week in Florida? Mm -hmm. It was all over Twitter. Even if you wanted to come in and turn the TV off when your kid is watching, right? they have so many other places to get information. We have to teach them how to know what's real, how to use it, and I and allowing them to act on that and to become activists or to and develop agency is so is so important. Right. It's, but it's critical that they understand not everything you see is true or accurate or unbiased. Right. And I've started um think tanks using Facebook um, at my current high school. So students in a particular class can voluntarily join a closed group dedicated to that class 
where they can share media that they're encountering that, you know, it, it might remind them of a conversation that happened in class, or it might just be something that they, they encounter and it challenges them. And rather than making a gut reaction about sharing something or, or even just what do I think about this, they can put, share it into this closed group where those of us who are in the group can unpack it together and decide what the meaning of it is together. And then when the student leaves the group and decides whether or not they want to share that media somewhere, they've gone through this supportive intellectual exercise. They understand how different people might respond to something that they share. Um, and I think it's a really great way for students to just learn how to hit the pause moment, hit the pause button, take a meta moment before you share. Know that stories that are fake or stories that are inflammatory, they're created with the intention of instigating an emotional reaction in you and that emotional response suppresses your your ability to think critically about it because your emotions are so so inflamed. And so if you learn how to take that meta moment, take a breath, sit back, think about more critically what you've just received, now you can make much more positive choices about how to respond, what to repost, um, and things like that. And again, all of that goes into your, your digital tattoo or your digital footprint, but you've, you've done it consciously and you've done it for, with, a, with a purpose in mind. That's, yeah, I love that. And um, I think that if you don't do things like that, uh, students obviously are going to be posting things that are inappropriate or inaccurate. And a lot of schools are afraid of things like that happening. Um, so what are, what are some hurdles that schools face? I mean, I'm sure that you, there is a lot of fear. On the Absolutely. Part of the I mean, I, you know, I, I remember sitting over the last decade, sitting in faculty meetings where the the district lawyer would be brought in and would be talking to the faculty about, you can't friend any of your students, you can't do all of these things. Um, and I think that when we start to realize that we wouldn't, we don't tell our teachers, well, don't go to the supermarket in the town where you teach because you're going to encounter your students there and they're going to see your weekend self, right? <laughs> like I have taught in the town where I live and I've encountered my students when I've had to just run out for a, you know, a gallon of milk and I've been in my sweats and my baseball hat and that is my weekend self. And so if I'm responsible about what I post Timer. online, then I don't have to worry so much about my students seeing what I post. The reason I would worry about my students seeing what I post is if I'm posting irresponsibly. And so that's a reason for me to reflect on myself before I start to engage with students. Right. So when you're going to the supermarket, you're buying a bottle of wine rather than a case. <laughs> <laughs> so that was that was our timer. Um, do you have any last thoughts or ideas that you'd like to share? Um, the one idea I'd like to share is an idea that actually comes from Dr. Michael Weshk when he talks about when media arrives in a society, the society changes permanently and there's no going back to the way it used to be. There's only understanding what it is and learning how to be productive and be civil and maintain the kind of discourse that we value. 
Thank you. That's a great thought to leave us with. And um, I want to let our listeners know that uh, we have a lot of resources. Jacqueline was very generous. So be sure to go onto the website and check all those out. It'll be up soon. So thank you very much for being our guest tonight. And thanks to our listeners for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a comment to let us know. Um, Our comment question tonight is, how is your school or district addressing digital media literacy with its students? I'm looking forward to seeing those comments. Hopefully we'll have a lot of them. Great. Um, Our next broadcast will be during the Q conference. We're going to be talking about to Blake Everhart about drones in the classroom. We wow. haven't finalized the schedule yet, but uh, we'll let you know via Twitter as soon as we do. And uh, if you'll be in the neighborhood, please join Lisa and me on Saturday morning at the Q conference. We will be hosting Coffee Q from eight to nine, and you'll be able to meet the board candidates and get some free coffee. The first <laughs> 100 cups of coffee are free thanks to the support of the University of San Diego. And it's a great time. Fantastic time. I'm so excited about that. So please don't forget to subscribe to hear more uh, about easy ways that you can innovate in your classroom. And remember, we are always looking for guests to share the great things that they're doing in their class. If you know someone or if you fit the bill, um, just go ahead and leave us um, visit our tlc.ninja and complete the contact form to let us know. Thanks. Thank you so much. Thank you.